everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Jazz Scene, giving you an in-depth look at the music and stories of the musicians performing on our stages here in Columbus. In today's episode, we'll be giving you part one of a two-part series from a live event at the Jazz Academy called The Young Composer's Celebration. As we mentioned before on the podcast, there's a plethora of talent here in Columbus, uh, both young and elder musicians who perform actively on the scene. But what some people don't know is that there are a number of young musicians that are not only playing repertoire from jazz history, but they're composing their own music based on their influences from jazz, from funk, and other crossover genres. Our first composer is bassist John Allen, an Ohio State graduate now living here in Columbus and performing actively on the music scene. You'll get to hear two compositions of his and some commentary about the influences behind his music. Um, Okay, so this is the Liz Woolley band, and that is Liz Woolley on vocals and chapstick, uh, and Dennis Hodges on guitar, Dylan Bram on vibraphone, Ryan Ellerman on drums, and I'm John Allen, I'm playing bass. And I wrote this song, and it's titled Something I Can Feel. And I wrote it, um, I think last May was when I started on it, or last April. And it was a time in my life where I I really needed to write uh, and get some stuff out. And the first draft of lyrics was entirely too obvious. So Liz was nice enough to take, I think, uh, two ideas, and then she finished the lyrics on this one. Uh, but the music part of it is something that's, it tells a story that I'm very happy with. Um, it starts with the guitar playing a very open, uh, calming voicing to me, and I sat down on the piano and wrote, wrote it, and it, it just felt good, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna open with that, and then everything that goes on from there is a progression of the story and the idea of uh, something starting kind of idyllic and progressing into a bad situation. So this is something I can feel.
So John, when you wrote that tune, did yeah. you write it, did you have like a section like down pretty quickly and then had to build from uh, there? The or? first thing, it was just like, I played that first progression, the thing that later comes back in a fast, like three, four thing. Um, I, I wrote that first, and then I was like, okay, how am I gonna go to a more exciting thing? And so it, I like wrote each section independent of each other, and then I was like, oh, they're actually pretty similar, they're related. And so I found out ways to kind of like write connective tissue. What was like, what was one of the main influences? Was it just being in this band for a while, like in developing yeah, the sound? Uh, or what the band I think did? like writing for this band is very natural. We've been playing together for a while, so I know what we're good at. Um, I know like how I want to feature each soloist. So, I don't know. <laughs> So the next song is called A Pleasant Turn, and it's really just like a story. Um, the lyrics are kind of a rambling kind of thing, and the melody line is um, more intended as like a spoken sung kind of thing. And the music shifts between two ideas, um, and as soon as the new idea comes in, that's where the story progresses to an uncomfortable point, and then it just goes back to the same band, so that's what you'll hear. Thank you. 
sort of distinct, especially harmonic things happening. Uh-huh. Um, what, what was sort of the, was there a tune that, that brought about that first section, or was there something that... The feel was, uh, I guess like the mood, was definitely inspired by the type of writing I heard from Cecile McLaurin Sullivan. Right. Uh, like the latest album, she really captures this kind of like mysterious nature and a lot of the writing that's not found in her other stuff so I really liked that and I was like oh how am I going to do that so I just had like two different triads that are not related so much uh, <laughs> over a pedal figure I was like oh done <laughs> so I'm going to ask all you guys the same questions uh, a couple like stop questions because uh, I'm curious and I think we're probably all curious too well, what's like the hardest, when you're writing the tune, what's the hardest piece to come together, John? Uh, what's the last part of it that you're able to get together usually in your process? Uh, the ending, like know, to know when to stop writing. That's the hardest thing for me. Uh, so it's like good to kind of restrict yourself, um, not let yourself do too much. So when you're doing something like that, are you thinking like, are you stepping away from the written content and thinking about structure, like like each section, and making sure that you're not writing sort of a run-on musical sentence? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought. All right, Liz. Our next composer is vocalist Liz Woolley, who, after completing a music therapy degree, moved to Columbus uh, to set up shop and practice music therapy and continue to compose and perform with her band, the Liz Woolley Band. Hope you enjoy. I got one. What are we doing? Uh, this is a tune I wrote called Got Me Like You Knew You Would. Um, and honestly, this tune, like many of my tunes, is sort of like I have these little snippets of ideas and then. It starts as something and I don't really like it, so I put it away for a minute and then something else comes along that I like and uh, that gets thrown together. So this is sort of like um, an amalgamation of a bunch of different things that had started as different things. Um, and I had been listening, uh, I feel almost preposterous saying this, but I had been listening to D'Angelo a lot when I wrote this. So that was sort of like something that uh, helped the feel of it along. What can I do? What can I do? It all, nothing doing. 
So Liz, as a vocalist, first of all, do you write like a vocalist, or do you hear like chords and melodies separate from your voice and then apply your lyric sense to that music? I think it's both, really. I mean, I started out as a pianist. I'm not. Oh, okay. I, I don't like 
I started as an instrumentalist in school. I studied um, classical piano and then I moved into jazz and then I was like, oh, singing is cool. So um, that's that's where I got my start. So I would hope that there is that it. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that's good. No, I'm glad it does. Um, yeah, it's just, there's really no one method that brings it all together. It's very piece by piece, dependent on the song, dependent on some pieces I sit down and I write the whole thing start to finish. Some things take, you know, weeks to bring it all together. It just really depends. Now do you guys other guys write for the band too? Sometimes? I have not. I think I'm Dylan, do you? Yeah. Nice. Do you guys have any thoughts on writing for this kind of format, be it vocal or the style or a couple I've written Pretty straightforward. Uh, one's like a 32 bar AABA kind of thing. Like just that was the easy place for me to start. Uh, I'm so usually so bad at writing lyrics that uh, I kind of had to put myself within the restrictions. Like, okay, this way there's a specific rhyming scheme. There's only going to be so many lines of text this way. So it was. That helped a lot, though. Oddly enough, the first thing I wrote for this group was applying text to a tune I wrote as an instrumental tune about three or four years ago. Uh, and to my complete surprise, I managed to make it fit the story and the syllables all were like I didn't have to. That was just kind of a, a minor miracle for me. Uh, but a minor miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are the perfect band for this because of that factor. You know, like none of us really think, well, I don't think a lot about lyrics. But then hearing you guys play compelling music and it also have lyrics to it is kind of a unique thing. So thanks. Yeah. Well, a little spoil too, because like she's sung everything that has been written. Right. Yeah. Really, like angular right. melodies and chromatic things. Mm -hmm. so well, it's, it's we weird. don't have to worry about it's weird writing for a woman point of view. Like I, I find myself like with Pleasant Turn, I wrote like everything. It was from my point of view, and I was like, oh, so that pronoun doesn't work. You know? So I have to like edit, and then oh, okay, that sounds like kind of androgynous, and then you want to like kind of retool it, and then it's like there's all this like filtering going well, on. Yeah, and with that, I still have one incomplete, and my wife was kind of giving me grief. She's like this. The protagonist sounds too weak. She's like, you can't like, yeah. And it wasn't like she was being like militantly like feminist or something. She's like, this. Don't make her sing that. That's a good way to put it. Yes, yeah. Like that's not something like. Yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a strange thing. I would have never thought of that. So is it safe to say that by writing lyrics for a female, you guys have become more in touch with So all of your wives and girlfriends can thank you. Can thank Liz. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, thanks guys. Yeah. Really,
Our next composer is another bassist, Greg Wolfram, a graduate of Bowling Green State University who now lives in Columbus and is also active on the scene playing on every Tuesday night at the Park Street Tavern. This is a composition of his entitled East Mary. Greg with Bowling Green, graduated in what, 12, 13? Yes, 2012. And he was a guitar player until college, and then he went to college for bass. But he was a piano player the whole time. Is that right? I'm something. <laughs> play a lot of, let's give the play lots of instruments terribly. <laughs> so, yeah. so what do we how does this tune go? This is uh how does it go? Like yeah, because we didn't we didn't really get to rehearse, so I can play through the melody once or something. What's the style? It's swing, it just swings. Yeah. It uh it's got a little intro in the beginning. That I'll just set up, and then you can come in, and then the A sections, the two, the B sections. So it's, the form is A B A. I think what's weird about this tune is there are 12 bar phrases, or I should say 12 bar sections, but there's six bar phrases. So you'll hear, it's kind of weird.
come about? It's called East Mary. Yeah, that was the name of the street I lived on. Like Mary, like Merry Christmas. Yes, East Mary. And I wrote this for like a quintet. Because like a trumpet and saxophone playing that together, it can sound super mysterious, man. I don't know, something about that. walking to school one day and I was like singing that I was like oh man you know like I was like walking and stepping bobbing my head I didn't have headphones on people were probably like who's this crazy guy walking around <laughs> so then I actually wrote this melody with no instrument in front of me and then because I like I don't know at some point in college I kind of like I got like perfect pitch figured out yeah. I was just like wait I can just <laughs> sing that was, you know I don't know it's weird I got extremely in tune relative pitch I should say and so I was like I'll sit in class and I'll just like write bebop lines and write tunes and then go and like harmonize them later. You know what I mean? And then everything I write at a piano is terrible. So it's like everything that I like have in my head. So it's super weird, but it's originally meant for like quintet type of thing. But yeah, I really like that melody. Yeah, and if you go online, my senior recital is on YouTube and you can watch that with quintet. And it sounds good. We should do that one on Tuesday. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, it'll be. So what, like, are there any sort of artistic influences for the harmony? Like, are you hearing like a Wayne Shorter kind of thing, or like a? I'm hearing like a. I was like really into like Robert Glasper. I don't know if people in here like check him out. It's kind of like some people do, some people don't. But I got really into the like the minor eleven and sus nine sounds and stuff. So I just tried to like put as much melancholy sounding harmony in it as I could because I didn't want it to be like happy with this like creepy. Melody, you know, I had to have like some sort of mysteriousness to it. So, nice. yeah, that's all. That's you all. play a pretty good piano. Yeah. It's all right, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should play more with people. I'd probably get better. <laughs> yeah. I can't like feel it as well, but yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. You guys wrote that really well. That's those are hard changes to play. Yeah, this yeah. is not easy yeah. at all. Yeah. That's where I was like, oh, I should work. Yeah, it's cool. Like it. Nice. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank Thank you for joining us for part one of the Young Composer Celebration. Be sure to check out part two, featuring four more compositions, including one by a very special guest. We want to hear your feedback. Visit our podcast website, jazzartsgroup.org slash thejazzscene, and leave us your comments, questions, or suggestions. A big thank you to the Fort Hayes Career Center and Ryan Van Bibber for lending us our talented audio engineer, Jesus Hernandez. Our theme music is by Michael Cox. Our producer is Vanessa Gabriel. And funding for this podcast is provided by the Jazz Arts Group of Columbus. I'm Zach Constant, and we hope you catch our next episode of The Jazz Scene.